This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Afternoon, it's Greg Smith back in again today for Linda Swain, and yes, another day of a lot of news happening around uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. So, before we dive into our first caller, we do have someone on the line. Just a couple of quick things to throw at you that uh, you might like to chime in on today. The provincial government has uh, launched a new platform. If you haven't heard about this, this is going to help keep residents of the province updated on the progress that is being made in the healthcare sector. And it's going to kind of be similar to the COVID updates. Uh, I'll bring you some of the Premier's remarks on that a little later on in the program, but if you want to chime in, we'll, we'd love to hear from you on that. And we will dive into this this afternoon uh, with the pharmacist, because yesterday we talked about the expansion of pharmacist's abilities to prescribe medications for certain ailments uh, announced uh, with government yesterday. It is a busy topic today, and we're going to be joined by uh, a pharmacist out in Cornerbrook today, actually, Dr. Christina Tolk, who is with the Shoppers Drug Mart in the city of Cornerbrook to discuss those changes and what it means uh, to her day today. So Phil feel free to weigh in on those topics, plus a whole bunch more, I'm sure, on your mind today. 709-273-5211, one 8626 And the first conversation today is, well, not an unfamiliar one. It's something that everybody in the province likes to talk about from time to time. And actually, by time to time, I mean all the time. The weather. Uh, we're getting closer to the long Easter weekend, and we're going to talk about that if you want to chime in on it, your love or hate of the weather, uh, of course, that we've been getting, or perhaps that we may get down the road. So to figure out what we may be getting, here's a David Neal, meteorologist at the Gander Weather Up. Join us here on the program. Uh, I guess we should start off with the new updated forecast just out now. What are we expecting over the course of the next uh, few hours? Uh, so basically through um, uh, across the island, not expecting uh, too, too much. Uh, may be just a lingering flurry on parts of uh, parts of the Avalon, but generally speaking, looking at uh, fairly, uh, quite fair conditions through uh, uh, through much of uh, much of tonight across the island and uh, really same uh, through, uh, through a good portion of the day tomorrow as well. I mean, you know, we're heading into Easter. Easter is always, yes, springtime finally here. Uh, it's been nice here on the East Coast. I've got to say to see some of that snow melt as of late. Uh, it's been so great to see my lawn starting to show a little bit more uh but uh what are we looking at for the long weekend uh, for the entire province maybe we'll start up in the big land david and make our way east uh, what are we looking at forecast wise any big snags for any easter weekend plans uh, well, what we're looking at right now, we're kind of tracking the next system that's uh, that's uh, going to be coming through, uh, not so much into the uh, into the main part of Easter weekend, but certainly Thursday into Thursday night. So in Labrador, uh, this system is expected to spread uh, some light snow across the region um, through the day Thursday into uh, into Thursday night. Um, not looking at too too much in, in terms of uh, in terms of really really big accumulations. Looking at some areas could see as little as two centimeters. Some other areas. Um, could see five centimeters or more, uh, but generally speaking, not looking at too too much in terms of total snowfall over the region. Um, so uh, we got that coming through uh, mainly Thursday and uh, lingering into Good Friday uh, over much of the big land. But then, uh, as we as that system starts to move out, still some uh, some flurries likely to linger around into the early part of the long weekend. Um, the temperature is going to be quite uh, quite chilly uh, as we get into a bit of a cold uh, northwesterly flow in the in the wake of that system so um once that goes through through the later part of the long weekend uh, should get some uh, more fair conditions but 
but uh, uh, but certainly some uh, some cooler uh, cooler temperatures through uh, through a good chunk of the weekend. Now I know uh, freezing rain here on the east coast uh, heading I guess early Friday. Does that stick around long? I know we talked earlier this morning with a colleague of yours saying that that system itself should be a fairly fast moving one. Uh, for the island, yes, it, uh, it goes through fairly quickly. Um, looking to see uh, some uh, a mix of precipitation, uh, depending on where you are on the island. Uh, so what we're looking at there is uh, expecting a mix of uh, really of everything moving into uh, western Newfoundland uh, into the uh, later evening hours on on Thursday, and that's going to spread across the island through the night Thursday night. Uh, in terms of freezing rain areas, uh, uh, there, there's a, a fair uh, a fair chunk of the island that will likely see some period of freezing rain uh some areas it could be fairly brief some uh, some other areas could see uh, could see a few hours or more but that's going to fall mainly through uh thursday night and uh, now that ex- uh, ex- excludes parts of the east coast there are some parts of the east coast where that freezing rain may linger into the uh, early morning hours on good friday uh, i guess kind of the saving grace there being a holiday i uh, don't have the quite the same amount of uh of folks getting on the go for uh, to uh, to go to work uh and stuff, but even so, uh, anybody who may be out and about uh, in the early morning hours, Good Friday morning, could uh, could see some some slippery uh, driving conditions. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, yes, it is it is a fairly quick moving system. Uh, some areas going to see uh, in the north going to see mostly snow with this system, kind of similar to Labrador. Not expecting a whole lot in terms of accumulation. Uh, and then as you progress further south, uh, areas through uh, much of the island will see kind of a mix of uh, uh, snow, ice pellets, freezing rain. And then for some areas, that's actually going to change over to uh, to rain as temperatures come up uh, above freezing. So a little mix of everything, but it uh, goes through uh, quite quickly. Uh, and uh, and certainly, but with that said, uh, certainly some areas could see um, a, a, a period of freezing rain lasting several hours through Thursday night uh, and in the east lingering into early Friday. We'll keep an eye on all of that. And of course, as we come out of the weekend now, uh, I guess we got a long stretch before another long weekend. So we're going to be able to enjoy some nice days i mean it seems like this past winter almost every storm hit on the weekend are we going to get our weekends back uh well as uh, with this with this storm it does uh, go through uh, by by early friday um for the rest of the long weekend really just looking at a lot of just scattered flurries uh mm-hmm. for uh, for the island and for parts of labrador uh really through the remainder of the weekend so for the most part you know, pretty pretty fair conditions for the most part. A few areas, uh, kind of like the west coast of Newfoundland, you will likely see some more persistent flurries right. uh, in that west-northwesterly flow as it tends to happen. Uh, ge- everywhere else across the island, generally looking at just some just some spotty flurries here or there throughout the weekend. Uh, so fair conditions. The only thing is, is uh, th- certainly through Saturday and Easter Sunday, uh, temperature is going to be a little on the colder side, uh, looking at a lot of daytime highs that are going to either, uh, that are going to kind of struggle to get to freezing or may just get a little bit above freezing. Uh, so a little bit of a colder period coming up uh, through uh, through part of the long weekend anyway. So um, some nicer days, but uh, just might have to bundle up just a little bit. Are we going to be able to officially say, and maybe this is putting you on the spot, <laughs> but are we officially going to be able to say very soon, like, all right, winter's behind us? What do you think? We got a, we got a good outlook here? Um, well, as t- tends to be the case, certainly through the early part of the spring, still uh, still likely to see uh, some 
some snow here or there, some some colder precipitation actually looking through, um, getting into the uh, into the early part of next week. Still looking mostly at a lot of flurries, some some, some temperatures a little on the cooler side. So um, certainly looking over the next uh, the next few days or so, um, not quite in this into a true spring yet. Still uh, still could be uh, uh, some some days on the colder side, but a little bit of snow here or there. Um, I guess uh, the, the 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 lucky part is after this next little system goes through, not too much in terms of any like major systems uh, really on the horizon at this point. Uh, so as it stands right now, just uh, looking at a a period of uh, uh, just kind of off and on flurries, a little bit on the cooler side, but. Uh, going to have to wait a little bit longer yet it looks like all right well i'll keep waiting for that day david neil gender weather office meteorologist i truly appreciate the time here on news talk today thanks for this bud not a problem thanks for having me on there you go david neil joins us here on news talk quick time out but if you want to talk to weather hey feel free to give us a call weekdays on vocm it's open line with your host patty daly join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m to noon on your vocm we get people talking and uh, welcome back. It is Greg Smith in for Linda Swain this afternoon. And uh, we just kicked off the show to talk a bit about the weather. Obviously, one of the main things that people in this province certainly like to talk about that is being the weather. So we'll keep an eye on that little system moving in now tomorrow night, uh, overnight in through Friday. Uh, but of course, we do want to keep an eye on other things, including another big topic when it comes to Newfoundlanders and Labradorians getting together. And that will be around politics. And in uh, political news today, the provincial government launched their first health care action update today. So the province is planning on hosting regular updates similar to the COVID-19 briefings. And this will be, uh, I guess, an update on how their efforts on improving the health care system is going. So uh, they're going to have a new website that will be launched. It's called healthcareaction.ca. And that's going to feature some data that's related to various health care initiatives. So today they had their first update. It was focused on the new family care teams that are being set up provincially. And Premier Andrew Fury and the Health Minister Tom Osborne gave those details this morning to media, attended by VOCM's Richard Duggan. Let's take you back there to hear what they had to say. We all know that our province faces significant challenges when it comes to accessing health care. And we know that we're not alone. Other provinces, other countries are struggling with this very same issue. Here in Newfoundland and Labrador, we recognize the issues and set to work immediately to reimagine an outdated healthcare system. It was one of my motivations to enter politics in the first place, and seeing the strain on the system after years on the front lines. So when I became Premier in 2020, one of the first things I did was establish the Health Accord, led by Dr. Parfrey and Sister Elizabeth Davis. The Health Accord was tasked with reviewing our system and coming up with ways to modernize it, to reimagine it, to create a sustainable system, a modern system for all Newfoundland and Labrador. While other jurisdictions are still grappling with how to fix the system, we already have those recommendations. And we have them thanks to the dedication of Pat and Sister Elizabeth and the incredible team that they put together who engaged with many, if not almost all, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, including members of opposite political parties. On Budget 2023, Your Health, Our Priority demonstrates our commitment to actioning recommendations in the Health Accord with a record almost $4 billion investment in your health for you. Our government has a plan to improve health care for all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. And you see that with almost daily 
announcements with respect to health care. Things like investing in a consolidated ambulance system with a centralized dispatch, far, out, far outdated and much needed. Creating a single health authority. An additional $23 million in recruitment and retention efforts for healthcare professionals. And modernizing our infrastructure through new hospitals and family care teams, bringing care to the people that need it the most. Today we are adding another piece of that plan. We are launching our health action updates. This approach is designed to present Newfoundlanders and Labradorians with the information that they need to know about steps that we are taking to action a plan that best supports your families and our communities. Healthcare action updates will function as briefings, similar to the COVID briefings in many ways, of our latest initiatives in healthcare. They will have specific themes and focus on one or two initiatives that are part of our collective sustainable healthcare agenda. They will be live-streamed on our government Facebook page and deliver to you the latest healthcare action information. For example, today we will be giving you more information about the expansion of family care teams that was announced in Budget 2023, teams that will provide up to 80,000 people with access to primary care. We are also launching our health action website. You can go to healthcareaction.ca right now where you will see a tracker for the number of patients attached to primary care providers through Patient Connect and the number of healthcare providers recruited through the Come Home initiatives. You can also see the status of our efforts to recruit more family doctors and incentives for healthcare workers in general. The, uh, the website will be updated regularly because we know that keeping everyone informed and up-to-date is of utmost importance to everybody. We will continue to move forward. We can move forward. We can meet the challenges head-on. Uh, the pandemic has proven that. Healthcare will be changed for the better to a system all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians can be proud of. I'll now pass it over to Minister Osborne. Minister. Thank you, Premier. Hosting regular health care action updates is an immediate and important way to communicate the progress of health care related initiatives and explain how they work. It demonstrates exactly what your government is doing to tackle our health care challenges. This is something our team has been working on tirelessly over the last number of months. I want to take a moment to thank the team in the Department of Health and Community Services as well as those with the new Provincial Health Authority for their recent efforts to improve your system. Your dedication is second to none, and on behalf of all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, let me say that we are very grateful for your work. We know that many people ask questions about the actions we are taking to address healthcare challenges, and that's why we are here today and why we have developed this platform your health is our priority. Budget 2023 invests an unprecedented $3.9 billion in health care in Newfoundland and Labrador. This investment will help stabilize our system and help transform it into a more modern, efficient, and effective health care system. Guided by Health Accord NL, we are driving meaningful change across the healthcare system. We are embarking on a number of new initiatives, including a new virtual care program, the advancement of urgent care centers, 
and recruitment and retention initiatives for healthcare professionals, many of which are being funded through budget 2023. We are committed to ensuring that Newfoundlanders and Labradorians have the information they need on all of those initiatives. We will do this by fielding questions, providing answers, and giving the people of the province timely updates on how our actions are impacting their health. Today is an example with our first healthcare action update on family care centers. Budget 2023 includes $21.2 million to fund 10 more family care teams for the 22-23 fiscal year, and work is ongoing on adding an 11th team on the Bjorn Peninsula. Family care teams are a holistic approach to community care and will become the pillars of community health care for years to come. On our healthcare action website, you'll see a map which will show you where all of the current and planned family care teams will be. We have eight teams at various stages of implementation throughout the province, with 11 more being planned for the upcoming year. If you're not familiar with what a family care team is and how it works for you and your family, today we are going to give you a breakdown on how they function and how patients will be assigned to the teams. Before I pass it over to Gillian and Dr. Parfrey, I want to encourage people to keep an eye out for healthcare action updates. We want this to be an informative platform that provides you with updates that you want and answers questions that may come up. Please visit healthcareaction.ca for more information and follow the progress of our initiatives. We do ask that you keep in mind that these numbers will change and evolve over time as the Healthcare Action website will be updated regularly as information becomes available. One thing that won't change, however, is our commitment to reimagining healthcare and improving the ability of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians to access the care they need. There you go. That is the Health Minister, Tom Osborne. Also, you heard from Premier Andrew Fury from today's uh, first healthcare action update. The provincial government launching this is a uh, planned regular update that will be similar to COVID-19 briefings on how their efforts on improving the healthcare system are going. They're going to have a new website as well being launched, healthcareaction.ca, and that will feature some data uh, that is related to various healthcare initiatives. So if you want to chime in on that perhaps you want to have a say on uh, how you think things are going healthcare wise and getting things back up to speed you can give us a call here this afternoon 709-273-5211 or 888-590-8626 well coming up now in just a few moments we'll get to the newsroom with jolene grimes but first how about a little light-hearted fun here comedian actor tv host jerry d is touring the country his uh, brand new stand-up tour is titled best medicine and of course we know Jerry D for a number of things. The host of Family Feud, the star of uh, Mr. D comedy series. He's making a stop in St. John's on Thursday night tomorrow at the Arts and Culture Center in St. John's. He caught up with VOCM's Ben Murphy to fill you in a little bit on what you can expect. What can you tell us about your best medicine tour? What can the audience expect? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's been a while since I've been to St. John's and, uh, 
you know, one of my favorite places to go. It's, uh, you know, everything about the, the uh, city and the people is just great. It's, uh, it's uh, sometimes intimidating. You have a lot of funny people have come out of St. John's and uh, in Newfoundland. So uh, you certainly know your comedy, but uh, yeah, this is a, a kind of an updated version. It's probably completely different than the last time I was there, which is probably four or five years ago, I think. So uh, I'm really excited to to get there and, uh, and and enjoy my night. And Jerry, I wanted to ask you as well because you know, for someone like myself, spend a lot of time in front of a microphone on stages and speaking, as do you. But do you have any tips for people who may struggle with you know things like stage fright or and how to overcome that? It's a good question. I didn't realize until I got into this journey. Like I was always a natural public speaker i was never afraid in grade seven or grade 12 when the teacher made us speak in front of the group or the school i always thrived on that and i realized that's not the case for everybody um you know i've been at companies where the ceo was pacing backstage terrified to speak um i would i mean advice i i think it's just to know that everybody's probably just as afraid as you are and uh it's a great thing to start young with your kids uh, you know, starting in the family, and you know, uh, you know, a lot. Of, I know a lot of the the community there in, in Newfoundland, Labrador, is very similar to what you know I grew up with. My my background Scottish, and it was a lot of house parties and performing in front of your family and friends. And I think, I think that's where it starts, and I think that's a good thing for kids and families to do with kids. The sooner you can get the kids to overcome that, it's just a good thing to have in life to not be afraid to you know, look people in the eye when you talk and, and, uh, and practice your speaking skills. I just had this conversation with my daughter on the car last night. She's 15. And I said, you know, you probably said like 30 times in that, you know, <laughs> out of those 90 words, I think 30 was the word like, <laughs> and then her friend, her friend who we were driving home, she started speaking and did the same thing. So, I mean, I think that's just the nature of it now, but um, little things like that, that I'll, I'll always help you over. There you go, comedian Jerry D in conversation with VOCM's Ben Murphy. And yes, he will be here in St. John's tomorrow night as he tours the country with his new stand-up tour titled Best Medicine. The show, by the way, is uh, 8 p.m. at the Arts and Culture Center here in St. John's, an all-ages show. And there are still a few tickets available if you want to check in with the box office. This is News Talk. I'm Greg Smith for Linda Swain this afternoon. We're going to head to the newsroom when we come back. We'll talk about some of those changes government announced yesterday when it comes to pharmacists as we'll, as we'll head out to Cornerbrook to catch up with the pharmacists in the West Coast City. That's all coming up after news right here on VOCM. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show. Midnight on your VOCM. And welcome back. It's Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. And, well, yesterday we talked a bit about the provincial government's announcement expanding the scope of practice for pharmacists in this province. Uh, some of these new regulations are in effect, of course, now. So I wanted to learn a bit more about it from someone who has been affected by this, which would be pharmacists. Uh, and we're going to head out to the West Coast right now. Joining us online, number 10, is the uh, pharmacist, the owner of the Shoppers Drug Mart at the uh, Millbrook Mall in Cornerbrook, Dr. Christine. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Greg. How are you? I am great. Thanks for doing this and then chatting with us today. Obviously, uh, some welcome news yesterday. I guess we can start there. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, in the last 20 years or so that I have practiced pharmacy in this uh, province, it was probably one of the best days for pharmacists yesterday with the announcement of further expansions to our scope of practice here in the province. Um, as, as many people know, um, the government announced yesterday uh, four new minor ailments added to the scope of what pharmacists can prescribe for. Uh, uncomplicated urinary tract infections, conjunctivitis, or otherwise known as pink eye, shingles, uh, and fungal nail infections. And then we also have the authority to prescribe hormonal contraception as well. So fabulous news coming out of the, the, the government yesterday. Um, also have the authority now to extend prescriptions uh, for up to a 12-month period, which will do great things for patients out there who are without a health care provider. So great news coming coming out of the government yesterday, Greg. All right, kind of a two-pronged question for you, I guess, here now. How does this kind of, I guess, change your day-to-day a little bit now uh, when it comes to, to your day-to-day work, but also, I guess, maybe what will your consumers coming in to get their medications and stuff, what kind of changes should they expect, whether maybe it comes on the MCP side or anything like that? Is there anything there being affected? So there's, there's two things. First of all, again, we've had these things added to our scope of practice, which is something that pharmacists have been able to do for many, many years. So what we can now prescribe for has been has been increased. Um, but also, there's a number of these ailments that will now be covered uh, by uh, the government for anyone who has a valid MCP card. Mm-hmm. So previously, the customer would, would come in for an assessment, and they would have to pay that assessment fee. So for some of these minor ailments now, that assessment fee will be covered by the government. So that's one of the biggest changes that the customer will see at the pharmacy um, as well. And then even for the simple um, extending of prescriptions. And that was also something that had very limited coverage in the province up until yesterday morning. So pharmacists, again, have always had the authority to extend chronic medications for patients um, in the event that they couldn't get to see their family practitioner, um, they couldn't get to um, emerge or somewhere to get that prescription. The pharmacist could extend that medication for them for a limited period of time. Um, Now that is also covered by the government. So patients who have had to pay that fee in the past now will have that covered for them as long as they have a valid MCP card. Once upon a time, we could only do this once uh, per prescription, but now we have the ability to uh, extend for up to a 12-month period. So again, with anyone who does not have a family practitioner, or who does not have the means or ability to see another practitioner in their community, but they have a community pharmacist that they visit on a regular basis, then they will be able to get their medications extended for up to a year, depending upon their own circumstance. We're speaking with Christina Tolk, Dr. Tolk, actually, owner of uh, Shoppers Drug Mart at the Millbrook Mall in Quarterbrook. Pharmacists there as well, obviously, as we talk about the changes, the expanded scope for the practice of pharmacists in this province. You mentioned that, you know, for those people 
people who don't have uh, family physicians. And, you know, even I'll add the stress of having a family physician but not being able to get in and see them for long stretches because they're so backlogged on that front as well. The, I guess, have you talked to many folks about this today coming into your pharmacy? Is the stress coming off their backs a bit? Is it one less alleviation for them going through their, their health, uh, I guess, battles and, and scares and trying to make sure that they're, they're staying well? I definitely think there's been just an added sense of relief uh, coming out of that um, that announcement yesterday that patients know that if they go in to their pharmacy, you know, they can have their health care matters looked after by the pharmacist. The pharmacists are the most accessible health care pr- practitioner here in the province. Um, many of our stores are open later. Um, there's stores pretty much in every part of our province, so the pharmacists have a very good geographic uh, representation here in our province, and we're very accessible to our patients. At Shoppers Drug Mart, we even offer the ability to schedule appointments to actually see the pharmacist for an assessment or a medication review or an injection or any kind of professional service that the patient um, may require. So in addition to being able to just come into our store when our stores are open and our pharmacies are staffed by our pharmacists, they can come in, they can get their health care needs looked after by the pharmacist, but also at Shoppers Drug Mart, we have the ability to schedule an appointment where you can make it sometimes same day. Uh, make it, book it when it's convenient for you, come in, see the pharmacist, get your health care needs looked after. For anyone who has the PC Health app, the PC Health app is a fabulous app. I recommend everybody downloading it to their phones because you can make that appointment right on the PC Health app. So you either go to our website, www.shoppertruckmart.ca, or you download the PC Health app, and that's just another way of being able to get in and see the pharmacist when it's convenient for you. Like I said, our stores are open. We're in every corner of the province. We're the most accessible health care provider out there. I kind of want to uh, touch on that for a moment, being the most accessible. And, and we'll come back to these changes in a second. But the question kind of popped into my mind as you were talking about being the most accessible uh, because I don't think – I mean, I have a pharmacy here on the, on the East Coast that I go to fairly regularly. Uh, they're, they're always around. I know they just probably tweaked their hours a couple of weeks ago because I think they had a bit of a hard time covering off some shifts. But let's talk about the growth of pharmacists in this province. Has there been much uh, interest into the field over the years? You've been in it for 20 years now. Has it been a constant influx? Are we go- ever going to, are we going to see anything – you think, uh, like we see with doctors now, shortage on the pharmacist side, or is it a strong field still? I think we have a very strong field. You know, Memorial University School of Pharmacy has a fabulous program, and our graduates that come out each and every year are capable and competent to provide care to the patients of the province. Um, It's an exciting profession to be in. There's flexibility um, for pharmacists here in the province, Um, and we've got people interested in even moving to the province. Um, International pharmacy grads are coming to the province, and they want to get licensed to practice here in Canada. Canada. So pharmacy is growing. Uh, the profession is growing. Uh, with these changes to our scope of practice, there are going to be people, you know, uh, students in, in, 
in high school, uh, students in university who maybe aren't sure what they want to do for their future. Going to take a look at pharmacy and say, you know something, this is exciting. This is a way for me to have a positive effect on my community uh, and the health care of my province. And also, too, what's important, I think, coming out of yesterday's um, announcement, and certainly uh, Premier Fury mentioned it, too, it's, it's the ability to, to work as part of a health care team, too. So, again, a student who's interested in practicing in health care is going to see this as an opportunity to be part of a health care team, too, um, and work side-by-side, side, family physicians, specialists, nurse practitioners, nurses, all kinds of allied health professionals. And I think that's very attractive. So our profession is growing, and I think it's very strong. When it comes to the, the changes, the expanding of the scope of what you can do, I mean, you do, you've done a lot of this stuff already at a different scale, I guess. So would there be much training involved or anything at all needed here now to, to make these changes happen? Because they came into effect, I guess, as of the announcement yesterday, right? Yes. So the great thing about pharmacists in Newfoundland is we are qualified to um, to accept and practice to our full scope. And and that's how we're going to meet the problems of healthcare head-on, is going to be for every healthcare professional to practice to their scope. So pharmacists are qualified to meet our scope right now. Um, we have to maintain competence every year to be licensed here in the province. Uh, and certainly there will be pharmacists who will take a look at their own practice and say, you know, what can I beef my skills up on, you know, to be able to give the best care to my patients. But absolutely right now, every pharmacist in this province is qualified to meet the expectations of our expanded scope. And one last question, I guess this kind of goes back to uh, your first comments when we started talking here a few moments ago about how it was part of the most exciting day uh, for your career, your profession in the 20 years that you've been been doing this. Um, does it make the job more satisfying knowing that you're able to do this now and uh, move forward with being able to, as we mentioned earlier too, taking the stress off more people's back and, and alleviating some of that stress and worry? Uh, absolutely. You know, um, pharmacists get into this profession, and I got into this profession to be able to provide health care to my community and my province and my patients. And, and this just gives me... Um, more ability to do that and and develop those relationships with our patients. Um, we are the most trusted healthcare profession out there as well. So, you know, it, it's it's just another reason to get up in the morning and come to work and know that someone is going to need your help that day, and you have the ability and the skills and the knowledge, and now you have the authority to be able to help them. I had a lady come by yesterday, and she was so upset because. Because there were issues with her son's medication and she didn't really know what she was going to do she couldn't reach the physician um, and, and she was visibly upset and I was able to um, extend that medication for that patient and she felt so much better because her, her child could go to school this morning and he would have his medication and he would be able to have a good day at school where he could focus on his work and 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 you know, be social with his friends. And it's, you, it seems so simple to us uh, as pharmacists because we do it every day. But to that patient, like that meant the world to her. And then to also know that it was now covered um, and no cost to her meant the world to her. 
Dr. Christina Tolg, I do appreciate the time here today to discuss all these changes of the uh, of the work of pharmacists throughout this province. Some uh, new expanded uh, guidelines yesterday announced and very uh, well welcomed by all accounts. Uh, Dr. Christina Tolk, of course, the pharmacist owner of Shoppers Drug Mart at the Millbrook Mall in the city of Quarterbrook. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on News Talk. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. There you go. Great conversation there. And if you want to chime in on that expanded uh, scope of work for pharmacists in the province, you can feel free to give us a call after a short time out. And when we come back, we're going to talk about other changes that were announced yesterday. And this one around, uh, well, short-term rentals, such as Airbnbs. The provincial government introduced a new act yesterday. We'll get some reaction to it coming up right here on News Talk. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And welcome back to News Talk. I'm Greg Smith, and jumping in here for Linda Swain this afternoon. Uh, we are coming up to the 5 o'clock day in review. Richard Duggan going to go through all the news of the day for you, but we still got some time to chime in on some of the news that is happening throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. And at this given time in this province, well, there are hundreds of short-term rentals, such as Airbnbs, in Newfoundland and Labrador. And the provincial government introduced yesterday a new act that will regulate them and create what government is calling an equal playing field for all accommodation operators. We touched on the announcement yesterday, of course. Uh, Deborah Borden is the chair of Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador. Chimed in with some reaction this morning as she spoke to VOCM's Jerry Lynn Mackey. What changes will come through this new Tourism Accommodations Act? Well, I mean, uh, the act actually uh, received assent actually in 2020. So it's been a long time coming to get to the regulation stage, which was what was actually announced yesterday. And what will happen is that uh, short-term rentals that are currently unlicensed or unregulated uh, will require a registration number. They have almost a year to meet that requirement. So it would mean they would have to do fire life and safety, which... You know, given what just happened in old Montreal, I think everyone believes that, uh, you know, this is a very, very critical, important thing for people to do. And those of us who are licensed have been doing it, you know, forever. And uh, so when we talk about leveling the playing field, that's just one of the bigger aspects of it. What will this mean for your members? Well, most of our members, uh, well, actually all of our members are currently licensed. So the uh, department, anyone that has a current license will automatically receive a registration number. So it will mean uh, nothing from that perspective. Uh, they are removing some barriers such as the Canada Select. I don't know if you remember, but Canada Select, you know, we've had Canada Select since I think 19, you know, 1970 when the first uh, Tourism Establishment Act came in and your property was inspected before you had to get a certain rating so that you could actually move forward with license. That's been removed and it was a cost associated with that. So no longer we have to worry about doing a Canada Select inspection. And, uh, and then also you'll be able to attest to the things that you have done as opposed to having to submit your paperwork. So the department has gone a long ways uh, to remove barriers so that, you know, it is easier for everyone to enter the marketplace and, you know, that we can all compete, you know, on the same playing field. And I mean, how will it impact people who book and stay at Airbnbs? Mm -hmm. Well, the biggest impact for them is that they can have the certainty that when they lie their head down at night, 
Uh, the property that they are staying in has done its fire license safety, has proper commercial insurance, and I know that would give me a lot of peace of mind. We're speaking with the chair of hospitality, Newfoundland and Labrador, Deborah Borden. And Deborah, I mean, does the act go a long way towards leveling the playing field for those who have fully regulated accommodations, such as regular B&Bs and motels and, and the like? Well, there's one uh, interesting thing from our industry perspective is the fact that those who live in their um, own prime residence, and that would be mostly, you know, small B&B operators. They're not required to be licensed and, uh, to, and to have a registration number. That was the one thing that as an industry uh, we felt would have some impact on our current um, members, but they do have the ability to opt in so they can, uh, you know, take advantage of the program and anything that uh, in an industry that's good for them by just opting into to the registration. But I, what, what we said yesterday is this is just a starting point. These regulations uh, now, they'll be tweaked as we go. Uh, we'll be able to look at through the implementation process what works, what works well, what needs some adjustment. Uh, and uh, the department is very willing to work with the industry to see that uh, we, you know, treat everyone fairly. And Deborah, getting back to what you said about accommodations, having to meet a number of safety regulations, such as passing a fire inspection and receiving a municipal approval, do you think that will result in fewer properties available for short-term rental? That's not a, you know, hard question to answer. I think, uh, you know, given that there's an entire year for someone to bring a property uh, through the registration process. I think nobody should be left behind and anyone that is left behind because they are not able to meet requirements, then you know, we might have to suggest maybe they shouldn't have been in the marketplace to begin with. So um, I think for most of us, we believe that we are giving them ample time. I mean, I think the department is, I think from an industry perspective, to be perfectly honest, we probably would have liked to see the timeline shorten a little bit. Uh, so they've given everyone a year. So I think when we get back to the whole idea of safety and fairness, I think they've struck the right balance. That is Deborah Borden. She's the chair of hospitality in Newfoundland and Labrador, reacting yesterday to the provincial government introducing a new act that's going to regulate the, the of course, short-term rentals such as Airbnbs and create what government will call now an equal playing field for all accommodation operators. So if you want to weigh in on that at any time at all, you can feel free to give us a call here. A new stock, open mind, or any other uh, of our other programs here on your VOCM. Before we sign off today, a couple of quick little uh, sports notes and I heard Claudette mention these earlier today on the Good News Report 250 each weekday afternoon but I uh, do want to do a quick shout out Dawson Mercer big night for him with the New Jersey Devils last night his first career hat trick uh, saw the video of the post game interview yesterday modest as they come I gotta say but uh, congrats to Dawson on a huge huge game there last night and I do want to do a shout out to uh, Katarina Roxon of uh, Kippins uh, representing Canada at the 2023 World 
Hope Hera Swimming Championship. Uh, she's been uh, selected to join Team Canada for the event uh, for the seventh time in her career. Now, she claimed bronze at last year's competition. She previously took home the silver and bronze at the same event in 2019. She also won a gold medal at the Rio 2016 Paralympic Games. But these games in 2023 taking place in Manchester, England, uh, July 31st through to August the 6th. So we'll be cheering on Katarina during that time. And of course, a special shout out to Katarina as uh, that news as cool as it is, comes out on her birthday, which makes it even cooler. So a happy birthday to Katarina from all of us here at VOCM. I'm Greg Smith in for Linda Swain. I'll be back in tomorrow afternoon, filling in for Linda once again from 4 until 5. Thanks to Claudette for producing this afternoon. Richard Duggan is on the way with your 5 p.m. day in review here on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network.